As everyone knows, we at the Designated Drinker Show are dedicated to raising the bar on craft cocktails. How do we do that? We strive to always introduce you to the most inspiring guests and entertain you with our intoxicating boozy banter, while Gina, as always, serves up her tips and tricks to crafting her delicious creative cocktail recipes. But now, now we need your help and just a little bit of your time. We'd love to hear what you think of the show and to find out what you want more of and even what you don't. So please head over to designateddrinker.show to complete our listener survey. Because what you, our loyal listeners, want is exactly what we aim to deliver. I promise it will only take a few minutes of your time to complete the survey. And for doing so, you'll receive an exclusive invite to our Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour, a live online interactive event with me and Gina. We'll be serving up some fun times as we try to answer your questions, deal out a few fun cocktail facts, and of course, share plenty of good laughs. While Gina, as always, doles out her tips and tricks and shows us how to craft three amazing cocktails. Yep, three. So head over to designateddrinker.show, dish out your thoughts, and we'll see you at the Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour. Now, the date and time will be determined by survey participation, so go do it today. And hell, share it with your friends, your family, clergy, postal worker, dog walker, I don't know, anyone you know who appreciates a tasty cocktail and some intoxicating boozy banter. We really can't wait to hear from you. Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, who's my very own R2-D2 and C-3PO rolled up in one. She is a mixtress, DC Gina. Oh, hi, Louise. I want to be, I'd rather be C-3PO, whatever his name is, yeah. because he's gold. He is gold. And I like that. He is gold. The little robot with the white and blue, it's nice, but not so, it's not my style. Not your style. You no. don't want to be a little... Little short little now. Nah, I'm more into the gold, like you know, maybe I'm an Emmy, I'm not sure. There you go. There you go. Okay. Or Tony. Oh, so we're an Oscar. There you go. So I have some fun side. Sex change. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Yours will have boobies. Um, so, Gina, <laughs> I have some fun sci-fi facts for you today. I know okay. you can't wait. Okay. This is gonna be interesting. Go yes. for it. So I'm sure you've heard Beam Me Up, Scotty. Yeah, of course. But do you know, Captain Kirk never actually si- said that line. The oh, closest he ever said, no one did. The closest um, to that line was, Scotty, I have three three to beam up. Or, Scotty, I have two to beam up. He never said, beam me up, Scotty. Hmm. It's the proof of, of the power of pulp culture. Because we all believed it was real. Let's just keep moving, shall we? This fun fact is a testament to the time in which the original Star Trek was released. Initially, the NBC execs, of course the man, wanted to get rid of the guy with the pointy ears because they worried about his satanic appearance. Mm. And they're quoted saying, and I'm sure this wasn't in any media, I'm not sure, I, it's a quote from the internet, who knows it's real, um, that he w- his appearance would scare the shit out of every child in America. It's crazy. Mm. I'm not afraid of Spock. Yeah, I know. You ever seen Comic Con? Yeah, that's like a thing. Anyway, keep going. Maybe like the Vulcan pinch thing. I don't know what that is. Anyway, so I'm gonna flip the script, literate, and go to one of my childhood faves, Star Wars. Okay. Did you know that Yoda, (laughs) Yoda originally was gonna be a monkey? Interesting. 
So originally Yoda was supposed to be played by a monkey in a Yoda costume. I guess they did this on other movies. Um, apparently a crew member who had previously worked on 2001, A Space Odyssey, pointed at the apes that they used in the movie's opening were just a pain in the ass. They were really difficult to work with. Imagine that. I'm a monkey. You put me in a costume. I can't imagine being a happy camper. Um, so this this crew member's past experience um, convinced the Empire's filmmakers to fire the little Yoda monkey. <laughs> I'm dying to know how you're going to tie this into the guest. Don't worry. I got one more. We got one more going. And we're okay. going to go to my favorite Star Wars character, and that's Chewbacca. So apparently, while they were filming in the Redwood Forest in California, the actor uh, apparently was Peter May- Mayhew. Um, he played Chewie, and he had to be chaperoned while he was dressed in costume um, by bodyguards in brightly colored vests because they were worried about hunters actually shooting at him, thinking he was a Bigfoot. bear. Or a, Bigfoot. Yeah, they, well, I mean, he is. he was definitely a Bigfoot-like character. But I isn't mean, that funny? Obviously. But they had to worry about hunters shooting the the, the actual actor. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Also, that would be like right par for the course, like with, um, what's that movie, Wizard of Oz, with all the crazy <laughs> shit that happened on that set? Why not? So. Man, I missed my decade. I should have been alive like 60s, 70s. I would have been like, I would have been into it. Like some weird shit happened. They made, you know, Star Wars. You know, I, I don't know. You forget that at that time you would have been barefoot and pregnant at home. And God forbid, no one would ever think that you'd be a business owner. But, you know, that's no, a whole you know, I was, story. I was, I was pregnant with sneakers bartending. So yeah, that would have happened then. So that happened. <laughs> and people were like, Gina, what happened to you? I'm like, what happened? And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, I knew I was eight months pregnant. I'm like... Oh, this? Oh, that just happened. I don't know. Can I get you something to drink? <laughs> anyway, Not keep sure going. Keep, I, I, tell, I still stick with it. 60s, 70s, that's where I should have been. Okay, so here's how I'm going to tie it in. Go. So all of this talk about out-of-this-world people <laughs> bring me to today's designated drinkers. <laughs> yes, drinkers. So please welcome the owner, Adasha Beer Garden, Dimitri Chikolden and his beverage director, Jake Rice. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Very nice to be here. Um, that was quite the intro for them. I had to be out of this world experience. Yeah, I kind of like that? that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big one. I thought he was going to say that you guys were like on the show or, <laughs> or Jake or Jake was like a baby in an episode. So I don't know. Some I don't Jake know. Jake actually a, paid baby Yoda. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. He's like so young. I'm like, how the hell are you guys involved with Star, the Star Wars? But all right. Would have been a good one. Well, it's interesting. I feel like you have done your research because Star Trek is one of my favorite shows. Um, When I came to this country, there were three shows that I got hooked on. Star Trek, which at the time was uh, Next Generation. That's how old I am. Picard. Um, uh, And another show that is completely obscure and few people know about it, Northern Exposure. That was a great show. Which was one of the first uh, sort of trailblazing shows um, that featured a gay character. Yeah. um, Back then. And Seinfeld, you know. Yeah. Those and and Star Trek, interestingly enough, featured George Costanza twice. Did it? Did you know that that that, that Jason Alexander um, played 
um, various alien characters in, in multiple Star, Star Trek episodes. The funny thing was, I was going to say, was he blue in these gar- in these roles? But that's funny that you say he played no, an alien. No, but he had like really weird eyebrows. Oh, I'm going to have to look. Like in one it. of I'm them. I'm going to have to look. Yeah, he was like a sage person. And then also like very few people know this, but Sarah Silverman actually was in one of the episodes. How old was she? She's pretty young still. Well, yeah, but yeah. Well, young compared to us. It was my <laughs> nightly, you know, uh, ritual to to have dinner and watch the Star Trek Picard. Also, beam me up is very sexual. <laughs> like, that's just like. <laughs> you know what? In the same age, are we even allowed to say that anymore? And be like, oh, beam me up. Oh, I'm, I'm offended. I'm and, fully offended. And in the fully line offended. I delivered, it was three. So we're having we, we're having multiple partners in my version of that. I know. I know. Beat me up great, thanks. Make it so. That's right. Dimitri, I never thought in a million years that this was going to be how it went, but I'm into it now. Now I'm like, do it. I'm super into this. Okay, sorry. Tell our listeners, I want to know about the beer. You started Dasha and like being a trailblazer on um, 9th Street and like how that whole went, that all went for you. Because I, I think a lot of people don't realize that he was like the first, he was a, the, one of the firsts. Yeah, Central Shore had only one bar really at the time. It was uh, um, uh, Ivy and Coney, you know, the dive bar. Um, we were second, really, um, on 7th Street. Um, the parking lot was a drug den before we came in there. Um, the building across from us where um, was not even built. It was pretty rough. We had like shootings in the neighborhood, you know, where you had to tell patrons to down, 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 oh and the pop, pop, pop. You know, it's like that was that was fun. Welcome to DC. Yeah, but then it just started changing quickly. Yeah, uh, and when when Liz made her appearance on that wall, that was a that was a seminal moment. That same year. Uber executives reached out to us and said and told us that we are the we were the top destination for Uber in Washington. That's amazing, right? That's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And also humbling because it was a lot of work. It was just a a shitload of work. I come from a totally non-industry. Uh, like, I, I come from a corporate world. You know, the, certain things are done differently in a corporate world. Like, what, so, what, sorry, what you did know. you do? Or what do you still do that and own your business? I was in finance. Um, ah. um, I, worked, I worked for a ginormous telecom company, um, you know, trading things. Very, like, sort of white-collar, by-the-book environment. <laughs> when you start your bar yeah. and you hear people making out in the porta potty and <laughs> everyone is cheering on, that's, I guess it's also by the book, but it's just a different book. <laughs> yeah, so. it's called the book of making money different. That's um, right. I find it really amazing what you did, though, because, like, literally you opened out there. It was, like, Wild West kind of situation. And then, like, now people are, like, you know, beer gardens and stuff pop up. And then, like, they follow his recipe, which is kind of interesting. So that's a – that is a a true testament. But, like, owning an outdoor bar – and if you're listening to this – yeah, listen to this podcast and you think that you want to own an outdoor bar – Go work in one one day on oh, 95 degrees. Yeah. And then and then do you That's really right. want that outdoor bar? Because <laughs> the, only, 
people only notionally want to be outside, yeah. you know. We were really first in D.C. to um, start uh, table-side ordering. And I believe we were also first, way before COVID occurred, uh, to use the QR codes. So that's the payoff of the corporate world. You know, you, you, you bring in ideas how to, how to improve the business. Or solve problems, yeah. On a different level, yeah. Yeah, solve problems. It, tell, tell, tell our listeners how that all started when you and I spoke. I thought it was, <laughs> I couldn't believe how you, start, how you opened this bar. Oh, yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> so we, were, we, we came down to Shaw, Central Shaw, to meet up with the real estate agent. And we were looking, he brought us to a property where Compass Coffee is right now. So we toured the this cool warehouse and, you know, I was like, no, that's not what we need. We need a, you know, we need a lot. And we step outside on 7th Street and I point down the street to that uh, chain link fence parking lot. And I'm like, that's what we need. And my business partner goes, but, it, but it's not for rent. And I said, well, let's go and ask. And we literally walked into this Chinese takeout with bulletproof glass and they told us, you know, that the owner is not there, but he will be in back in four hours. He was actually there. He was just taking a nap. <laughs> and then he comes out. He comes out like this guy, you know, our age, you know, in his like early 40s. And um, well, at the time he was younger. It was eight years ago. Jeez, I keep forgetting how time flies. Um, and he comes out and he speaks like two and a half words in English. And he thought that we wanted to rent a parking space. And I said, no, 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 all parking spaces. And he was like, oh. And he was like, how much? So this and that. And we, I blurted out something. And, you know, we, two, two months later, we had a lease. And um, who's better to negotiate with Chinese than Russians? Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. That's a UN right there. I like that. Like, that's a good meeting. Yep. That's exactly how it flowed. Then you also worked out of almost nothing. When you set up, it was like... Oh, yeah. It was... It, well, it looked like nothing, but we spent all our savings, everything, every last... I think I had like maybe $100 left in my bank account when we opened up. Good Lord. Yeah. It was... Uh, you know, it, it adds up quickly. Small things. But you, but you worked out of like a pod, right? Yeah. We had a... <laughs> We had a beer trailer that this that this sketchy dude from Florida made and rolled in. <laughs> and as he like maneuvered it into the slot, he goes, "Well, my work is done." And he pulls out this. What is it called Bush? The beer, the Bush. Yes, yeah, yes. Bush light. I'm from St. Louis. Yes, it's definitely Bush. And he like cracks it with one hand, like you know, professionally. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I was like, well, where are you going to stay? He goes, well, I'm not staying here. Devil land. <laughs> I love Dimitri's southern accent. <laughs> this is the best ever. Let's just have a whole episode of Dimitri doing southern accents. <laughs> I love it. And then, and for our office and storage was Pods Container, which was also an adventure because they had those machines that roll it in and the lot was gravel. And so the guy who, the pods guy got stuck in there. Like he plopped the container, <laughs> but then he couldn't pull out. And, and so we had to like skedaddle and find uh, some like, you know, truck to pull him out. It was, it was an ordeal. And then porta potties 
five porta potties, and they, they were aptly named "Gotta Go." <laughs> so <laughs> they were like bright green porta potties, like you know, neon green, and they they were like modern ones, you know, with the faucets, you know, with the pedal thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, those porta potties. Fancy. I mean, I would never wish anybody to learn how to manage porta potties oh. um, en masse, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> when you hear from your manager, five is stopped, locking up. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> um, and, then, and, then another, and then another shitty story about the porta Um <laughs> The, uh, you know, like I, I'm Sunday morning, like, you know, the, 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 this guy came, you know, sucked it all out, whatever. And, um, <laughs> and the, I hear him in the background because I'm like setting up the bar and he pulls up to the bar and he like holds the phone in his hand and it's the, I'm like, and he goes, somebody lost an iPhone. I said, I said, where? He goes, well, down the hole. I'm like, great. Keep it. And he, and and he, he goes, to hand it to you. And he goes, thanks. You know, I fish five, six a week. Keeps me going. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. That's gross. That's terrible. <laughs> that's gross. Can you imagine, no, like, drinking a nice beer and then, like, you know, you're like, hey, Bo. And then it just, like, pulls <laughs> in and you go, like, ah. All right. So I'm a back, back pocket person I yes. felt like I had my phone not gonna lie I've had it happen I've lost a couple of cell phones that way yep. I lost go. mine um, in an airport it's always been a number one not a number two exactly. however <laughs> um however the phone is usually broken and that's the end of that so yeah. there there's a little known fact I carry I have my cell phone in my pocket no I don't right now but yeah. it's terrible anyway that is Literally, why you don't want to own, open an outdoor bar? No, that's why you have to really want to be in this business. Like, I give you kudos for that. That's awesome and fucked up. <laughs> we did like beer, though. Like, we, we, I am passionate about beer, so that's um, that was kind of. Um, and we partnered up with Vine Stefana, and you know, one of my favorite breweries, the oldest brewery in the world, and it was really. Uh, an experience when we went to see the the brewery and they they gave us you know a VIP VIP tour. It was it was it was cool, very cool. When does Jake enter the picture? <laughs> I came into the picture uh, in the first uh, I think year, late March, I yeah. believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, right after the COVID thing was winding down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came on mm-hmm. with the relaunch of Jackie, which is like the indoor component at the Navy Yard. It was a really fun atmosphere and it was a really cool concept just because it was going for exactly what I wanted. It was kind of like like a hip, fun, like approachable location, which is kind of like a step down from what I was doing before uh, as far as like uh, as far as like the pressure was involved. But uh, we, we still keep it as like as fun and innovative as we can for sure. Yeah, sure, Jake. No pressure. Just 400 people descending on your head. <laughs> Right after every game. Oh, yes. Yeah, no oh, pressure yes. at all. Yep. Jake, I hear you. That's It's different pressure. Yeah, it's different kind of pressure for sure, yeah. It's fun. It's more fun. But I want to get – the reason why I was like, let's get to Jake because I want to make your cocktail. All right. I like 
This cocktail sounds delicious. I mean, mine sounds serious, and yours is like super delicious. So I'm kind of like into both. Yeah. So listeners know we're getting two. We're getting this is a two for episode. You're gonna get two yeah. recipes. Yeah, it's definitely on the tiki side of things, but uh, I mean, that's kind of like what I, that's what I enjoy the most. I think I really like rum. I really like like the over the top gaudiness of tiki bars in general. I think one day it's kind of something that I want to do. So. You know, I just wanted to throw some pizzazz out there. All right, let's call the ingredients. You ready to make one? Am I ready to make one? I'm going to make it. I don't think I I'm can gonna make, make one. I'm going to make it. You call the ingredients and I'm going to do it. All right? Sounds good. Uh, yeah. All right, tell me. Let what are we doing? Let me get it up. There's a lot of sexual innuendos going here. He's got to get it up. I know. Got, got, like, it's a good cocktail. Amy I'm telling you, I should have been single reason. when this bar opened. <laughs> you ready? I'm, I am ready for you. Two ounces of pineapple juice. Okay. How much orange juice? One and a half ounces. Okay, because I have um, fresh in there. All right, so two ounces. I'm making two, so I'm going to hold on. Go ahead. Three quarter ounce Aperol. Yep. Half an ounce Jamaican rum. I have, um, I do have a Puerto Rican dry rum. Is that okay? That works. Okay, cool. And if it didn't work, I would be like, well, it would be a little bit sweeter. <laughs> and then half an ounce of banana liqueur. We have the 99, so she lives in Alexandria. There you and, go. And here's my PSA for everybody. Perfect. Hey, ABC store, please start carrying other stuff in Alexandria. A lot of rich people live here that spend more money. I carried more shit. went to four ABC stores, and they kept saying, oh, we have it. <laughs> mm. It smells so good. It smells so good. Yeah. It's a nice, like, low ABV cocktail. <laughs> kind of, you can drink 100 of them in a day. Probably won't feel it. A hundred. All right, let's do that. <laughs> mm, that sounds good. <laughs> Jake, I have a question. Um, do you want this fully up or rocks or what am I doing? Uh, poured preferably in a wine glass over ice, but Great. as long as it's over ice, you can put it in whatever you want, really. I got it. Done. Would you hire me for my shake? Of course. <laughs> you know, you're legendary in DC. Ah, you She's know, legendary everywhere, just so you know. Nah. <laughs> this is, smells super delicious, by the way. I love that pineapple Aperol blend. It's so, like, deliciously mm. um, refreshing. It's one thing I, I have to say. Thank yeah. thank God for those Venetians. Aperol's definitely, like, a good introductory, like, Amaro. It doesn't have, like, that abrasive bitterness, but it just generally has, like, enough to get people, like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know, interested. I mean, I think so. In the category. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to pour this out. And am I garnishing or am I not garnishing? I would garnish it with a orange wheel, but okay, hey, it's great. your world. We're just living in it. I have a I have a tangelo. What do you think of that? Boom. I used I used tangelo juice and not um, orange <laughs> juice because I just had that fresh. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna use I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it today. I'm going yeah. I'm going full on. I'm gonna oh very nice okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do them in. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. I don't. I'm not a big fan of them on the. Yeah, I'm not rim. either. I'm, do I pass the test? Is it the right color? Perfect. Looks beautiful. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank so cheers. You. Cheers. Right cheers. Cheers. Ooh, it smells so nice on the notes. This is delicious. Awesome. These would be dangerous. You could literally drink 100 of these in a day. Eventually, we'll have you back when we have in-person guests again. Yeah. And we'll make, we'll make more drinks. We'll make we're just these. like right, right now, yeah. it's, <laughs> right now, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's what we're going to talk about next, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but wait, before we jump into that, oh, Gina, sorry. where are they going to go to get these recipes? Oh, you're going to go to designateddrinker.show for our tips, tricks, how-tos. 
a link to Dasha, um, how to get there, where to go, Uber destinations. Dimitri's paying for your Uber, everybody, so give us that code. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you can go see Jake. Uh, manages people behind the shtick, right? Oh, yeah. At two locations, right? Mm -hmm. 7th Street and um, Navy Yard. Yep, yeah. What's a Nats game like with these? I'm telling you, I'd drink a thousand of these oh, and then go to the Nats game and, and then throw and up after I drink a beer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do this so much in the cream Nats drink. games are uh, an animal house. Yeah. And that's okay. Like a good Nats game, it it gets busy. Yeah, it gets pretty wild. Um, but it's, give me your World Series really numbers. Like, give me give me one day well, World oh. Series. Go. The World Series. Just guess count. Guess count. My experience of being inside of a zombie movie <laughs> because because people didn't care. Like lines, doors barricades like who cares like you, people would just crawl over whatever they <laughs> could and get to the bar and um we have uh, our, our um lead bartender andrew really cool guy jake's bestie oh yeah he's like you know the tickets you know we already used the qr codes at the time so like the tickets pour down and they, like andrew's standing on the on a a pile of tickets on the floor. And he goes, we only have one beer left, like one kind. <laughs> and but the drinks are like, oh, I'll have this or I'll have that. And so we just started like putting that one beer um, at the end of the night on the bar. Just, you know, whether you paid for it or not, <laughs> because it was just so busy. It was crazy. We sold out of everything. Wow. Everything. When you did, so I know some of the numbers because my friends own a lot of the restaurants over there too. Yeah. <clears throat> when I heard one of the numbers, I was like, "That's not fucking real." And then they, and then they yeah. shared that that number. I was like, "Did any of your staff come back the next day?" And they go, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "If I got that <laughs> much tip money in like literally one night, see you, sweetheart. I'm going right to fucking France, <laughs> and I'm gonna be there for the next six months bullshitting around." <laughs> With all my friends, oh, yeah. you know, if I'm a night, if I'm a if I'm a 22 year old bartender at that time, I'm like never coming back. Yeah, we have a lot of young kids that have. Uh, I look at some of the th some of the numbers that we pull, and I'm like, oh my god, if I was this age making this kind of money, this would be. I don't know if I ever <laughs> would have left. I know, but the thing is, you know, it's it's kind of a two way street. You want to make, you want to you want to dance, you got to pay the piper. So it's it's. People do make a lot of money, but you have to hustle. You have to really, really work. Oh a lot. yeah, I mean, of course. in 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 our business, in our environment, yeah, because the volumes are can be really high and it's ups and downs, you know. And so, you know, on a on a Monday or a Tuesday, you could be standing there twirling your fingers, but then comes you know, let's say Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and if it's a game day, or if it's a doubleheader with the uh, DC United playing. Well, you're going to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> buckle up. During our busiest period, there, it was not uncommon for bartenders to work like 15 hour days. It was pretty intense. Oh, yeah. oh my God. But, you know, they, they knew that we just have to push through it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people understand or appreciate the, the, the labor mm. that goes into working in the food and beverage industry. Well, now, now, like, so we're having you guys on because we want to talk about like our current state, right? So like. World Series happens, and that's amazing. And, like, everybody has the best days of their lives. And now you, like, mm -hmm. enter COVID, and you're in this, like, 
perpetual state of unsure, right? You might have a great- Guidances, yeah. Yeah, you might have this amazing weekend where you're like, oh, we're back to normal. Here's my number. And then somebody says something on, I don't know, NPR and DC freaks out. And then you have eight people, right? And then they're like, oh, back to normal. That's my number. And then something happens and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, Mike, I guess my question to you is, and like, and then, and then you have the expectation of the guests yep. that's like, why are you guys fully staffed? Why can't you open seven days a week? Why are you? Why does it take me longer to get yeah, a cocktail? Right. Why does it take me longer to get a cocktail? And the question is, as, as we're coming back and we're talking to other owners and operators about it, right? Is, to you. <laughs> how do you, no, and when I want to know their opinion, right? So how do you navigate, how do you want your guests or how would you approach this? to navigate the new no. worlds of restaurants and bars. And you're and you're primarily, you know, known for obviously a good time and partying and stuff. So, you know, you have this, they're coming out again, right? And I'm not saying that like, I'm not, I don't care about your policy of masks and all that shit. What right. I'm asking is, give me, your guest comes in, what kind of like what are you looking for from them other than buying drinks uh i mean i just want to before we get into it uh i was there i was working when the the, they didn't really give us a lot of lead time into the whole like reopening of uh, like restaurants um i remember dimitri it was like a week or so that they were like oh by the way next week it's going to be all bar services open no masks like they just let the floodgates go. Yep. Yep. That did not give us a whole lot of time to staff appropriately, like you were talking about. So we had, I mean, it was it was eight hours straight of guests being like, "Why can't I sit down? Why can't I use sit at that table? Right. Everything looks so right. empty." And it was just the same conversation over and over and over again. Like we can't. We want to make sure that you have a great experience too. It's not. We're not trying to be difficult about this. It's just we can't facilitate good service to you with the level of staff we have, and it was unfortunate because, like, being a hospitality professional, I'm sure you understand this too. Um, we want to make sure every guest has a good time, whether they're seated or not. It, like the the experience starts at when they walk into the space, so it was very difficult for us to like come to terms with that and find solutions to get around. Once we all started getting used to the new normal a little bit, I think guests started realizing that this was a broader issue. It wasn't just like a problem with our location, but it was a problem with like the industry kind of as a whole. And I didn't know many friends or colleagues or coworkers that didn't experience this at their location either. It was kind of like a very widespread issue with this businesses not being able to staff appropriately at the time. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think that the the closer we get to like putting this behind us, the more people are try- like starting to understand a little bit that this is the situation we're in. Yeah. I was just listening this morning to um, Elliot in the morning on my way in, right? Yeah. And this guy's on there and he's like bitching to Elliot about uh, Taco Bell not being open at one o'clock in the morning and they had, can't make you tacos. <laughs> we don't have enough staff. And nobody understands like, and this guy's just blah, blah, blah. And everything's open. And why are people going back to work? And just losing his mind over a taco. So Elliot's like, I, I don't know. People chime in, you know, if you're listening to this. And like some people from DC um, chime in. And they start talking about that they, they're having staffing issues. And I don't know if you guys are experiencing this, but I have a question. My question to you is, are you experiencing the same thing that other people are doing where people are coming back to work for a shorter amount of time? And then they're like, you know what? I just, this isn't for me anymore after being off for a year. And what I guess my question really is, is if it's happening to you, 
tell me what your perspective is and, and share with and share with our listeners what is your perspective of how we either a approach this from you know a service like way of like you know maybe we are going to do QSR codes and have less people working or you know how do you entice the new generation to come into a business that was just so publicly public publicly publicly <laughs> ripped apart on international news saying how vulnerable we are and how terrible it is and how you know there's no cut there's no insurance there's no you know what are we what are we doing what are you guys going to do before you guys enter this i'm going to give you a statistic on that so i recently read that so the turnover rate in the united states for employment is 2.2 percent now what the norm is i don't know but they were saying that was more than double is at least what this article says more than double across the United States in the, so 2.2 within the food and beverage industry, the turnover rate is 5.7%. It's higher now. It's almost three times. So this is a really recent article. Yeah. This is it, but it was, it is, it, that's where, and that based on today's standards that the, that turnover rate within just the food and beverage industry is almost three times that of the norm, which is already more than two times higher than before pandemic time. Do you remember what the uh, prophet told Neo? Everything that has the beginning has an end. Yeah. So I would I would segue from this that um, you know the status quo, the old way of doing business is done, and the sooner we realize this all, the better. I think it's absolutely fair for people to come back to work, as you said, work a little bit and be like, hey. Not mine, not my shit anymore. Done, done, done. Great. You know, it's it's one of the one of the beauties of this country is that it's an it's a it's a free world here, filled with upwardly mobile people. You know, you're not tied up. Yeah. So that's that's the progress here in the United States. So uh, I th- I believe truly believe that it's it's a good opportunity for the industry to revise its practices, invent new things, and um, deliver the experience. People will never stop eating, talking, and having sex. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get it out of there. It's true. So it's true. So it's like either way, we want to go out and, 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 and have a drink and, you know, advertise ourselves want to be seen uh, want to see and to be seen um so i think how do you lure the new generation you said yeah like, and how that's exactly get, yeah. the point it's uh, you know you have to just keep telling people what is it that you offer and nowadays uh, when when people come in they're more discerning they ask questions and so i would encourage every young person who is uh, uh, who's who's looking for a job, you know, as they're studying or as they're moving up in their career, you know, ask questions. Do you offer health insurance? What else do you offer? We do. Uh, we offer also lift rides. So that's cool. Uh, you know, that's the, the safe ride home. Lots of things. You know, a lot of restaurants nowadays offer perks. You just have to ask. Um, and as, but as far as one thing I would say, in return, in return, we, the Generation X, uh, would like to ask the millennials and the Zs <laughs> that if you 
come and you interview and you make a commitment, then make a commitment. Don't be a flake. Like, that's just stupid. Like, why are you wasting everybody's time? You know, it's it. ask questions, get hired, and then put a little bit of effort into it. It's like, yeah, any job sucks. You have to put in <laughs> at least some at least some amount of time to understand for yourself and learn how to work. You know, like back in my day, it was it was really looked negatively. Um, you know, if you showed your resume and that resume said, you know, four months here, three months there, you know, five months there, that was a no-no. You had to put at least a year yeah. into whatever you decided to put in yourself. So that would be, you know, Ask for perks, but then, you know, return something, yeah, but you know, return a commitment. Back in your day, you didn't have shoes and you had to go uphill Aww. both ways, right? Oh, to go yeah. to school. It was yeah. barefoot and yeah. uphill both ways. <laughs> I grew up I grew up in the Soviet Union. We had, like, only left shoes. Only left shoes. <laughs> only left shoes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I think there's a lot of truth. I feel like there's a lot of truth to what you just said about that commitment. And I mean, I understand what you're saying. You know, you come in, you interview, we hire you, and then you no-show. I, I, I hear what yep. you're saying. You know, we have a lot of listeners um, within the United States and without, and, with, and, and not in the United States, and I'm not sure if the same as in, like, Australia or other, you know, where they're having the same um, labor issues that we're having here. And, you know, that is a fair thing to say, and it might be something that, that is global, too, of, like, you know, do you come – you know, you come to work, you make a commitment, you show up, even show up for the two weeks for training and see what it's about before you just no show. And then like that, maybe another a candidate that you liked, but you like this one better, yep. could have had that position. I, I think that's. It's like in Decision 2000, yeah, you know, John Stewart. Like, <laughs> make fair. up your mind already, you know. Yeah, it's very fair. On that note, yeah. the next dream is going to make a lot of sense. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to make a federalist. So I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about you guys a bit. And I was like, well, what am I going to make? You know, they make a lot of different stuff. Jake makes, I know Jake makes great drinks. You know, I don't need to, um, I don't need to like have something like different. But I was like, I love this cocktail. It's one of my favorites. It's made with tequila. Um, and it's basically, you know, what I mean, really, it's a tequila Manhattan, right? Right up my alley. So there's an easy drink. So if you want to be fancy like Jake with less juice because you don't want to go out and buy it, but you can have all the ingredients like Jake has, and you can start adding to your repertoire. Um, you can, and you're at home and doing this. You're gonna do a, um, you're gonna get reposado tequila, and you can get anyone that speaks to you or your pocket. And if you're a baller and you want to buy the most expensive, have at it. But you're gonna use two ounces of tequila, and I'm making two again. And then you're gonna do one ounce of sweet vermouth. Um, you know, these mm, drinks are personal. Yeah, you know, drinks are personal. You have to enjoy what you I'm so partial to vermouth. Like I, I drink I drink it sometimes over ice, just for, like straight like, up. Like sweet or dry or a 50-50? Both. Love it. Depends on my mood. Love it. Um, you can put a dash of orange bitters in there. Pay, you know, whatever bitters you kind of like. I'm just going to use Angostura because that's what we have right now. So I'm going to put one, two in there. And orange bitters would be really nice and lovely as well. Um, and then we're just gonna shake shake this. We're gonna we're gonna shake it in a stirring glass. We're gonna stir it over fresh ice, um, and then we're gonna just strain it out. And then this drink is garnished 
Um, I think it's an, it's an indecisive garnish, I like to say, because some people put a cherry in it, some people put a lime in it, some people put a cherry and a lime in it. For me, I'm a really, um, I kind of like that, just the lime peel, but, you know, again, you'll make it your own at home and you'll enjoy so it. never a, a, a lime in a coconut, though? Never, never, never a lime in I don't know, maybe a Federalist in a coconut <laughs> shell would be great. If we're, if we're traveling, are we traveling? When do we lift the traveling man and start doing the road show again? Absolutely. I mean, I'm ready. That will be the dream. I know, That'll right? I'm like, Jake, I've been stationary for like 18 months. I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling uh, depressed. I feel. Cabin fever, huh? Yes. It's like, yeah. and I have my own bars to like escape to, but <laughs> I'm going to pour never, this in yours because this is looking short. There we go. Louise has giant... Um, martini glasses here so even though i'm pouring in a full four ounce uh, three ounces it looks like there's like a drop in there so we got tgi friday glasses here (laughs) so so we so we know what louise does we know what louise does on the weekends all right so we're gonna atomize a little um lime twist in there and uh do you want the cherry i'll give you the cherry i'm gonna give you the full experience yeah so everyone knows we're usually at last call but because Maybe we'll do one at um, Dasha. Maybe we'll be invited to do one there. Yeah. We're usually Absolutely. last you are call. Invited. Yeah, thank Always. you. Yeah, we um, should have called you this morning. We had yeah. a little change in schedule and ended up at my house. <laughs> All right, so putting in a cherry now. So now we have the indecisive garnish of the Federalist, so and we're going to give it to Louise um, only because it's her house. <laughs> Beautiful. That's, oh. That tastes, that probably tastes so good. Oh, it does. It really, this is really light. Mm. Like, I mean, that yeah, could, another one that could be very dangerous. Very uh, dangerous. Yeah, but you know what I was just thinking about, you guys? You guys dumped this one in your frozen machines Ooh. or something fun like yeah. that. Yeah. You should make oh, this yeah. frozen. This? I know. We've been looking Jake's to get a frozen for our listeners. Listen to me. This, now we want to. How you don't have one we in that Airstream yeah. car of yours, I don't know. But this? Yeah. And she keeps saying this. She means Jake's. What if we make another small, tiny Airstream and make it only frozen? Only frozen drinks. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it, Dimitri? On the side of it. (laughs) That'd be great. I could just bring suburbia right to your your Airstream. We can put them next to each other. You can't (laughs) not like frozen drinks. It's one of those things, like, if you see it, you're just like, you have to get excited for it. Would that be like suburbia? The Burbia. Yes, we have the Burbia and have a party one night. Burbia. One night only the Bur- featuring the Burbia. So if Gina and Dimitri had a baby. <laughs> Centerville, Centerville Martini. I mean, I'm into that. It'd be frozen. <laughs> totally. Um, all right. So if you have missed any of our tips, tricks, how to use how to get to Dasha, again, Dimitri is giving the code for Lyft, not um, Uber. Is that right? It's only to um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to have that at designateddrinker.show. Wait, what? Designateddrinker.show is where you're going for every all the information from this episode. So that leads me to my last question of the day. So now this is how I know if you listen to our podcast or not. Um, you ready? And I'm going to pick, I'm going to do an eeny meeny based on this. Who's going to answer this question? Or should we have both? Both. We'll have both. We'll have both, both. answers. So in this day and age, everybody identifies themselves with some sort of spirited uh, mythical creature or a spirited animal. And you might and you might identify yourself with a ladybug because they're red and black and that's a really big colored thing for you. And you're like, oh, I just love them because they can fly and survive the ice ages, right? If you could be one spirit ingredient, now this could be for food or drink, 
what would you be and why? Oh my God, that's so easy. Go, um, what's your answer? Campari. Okay, why? I'm sweet, but I'm spicy. <laughs> you mean bitter? I love that answer. Bitter. I'm bitter. bitter. Yeah. I'm sweet and bitter at the same time. <laughs> I'm a walking dichotomy. That's true. Duality of man right here. That's right. I'm a cat that is locked up in a dog's body. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Jake, what's your answer? Mine is, if it wasn't clear before, it's definitely rum. It just comes in like a bunch of different varieties, flavors, expressions. You know, there's blackstrap, Jamaican. I just feel like I'm a fairly moody person. Probably matches up with rum a little bit. <laughs> so I have my highs and lows too, you know? So I'm going to, I just... I'm just going to assume you might need a if, little if more. If you dressed Jake as a though. pirate, he would be like a. I'd be a great pirate. pirate. Yeah. You're like, a, like, like a Caribbean vagabond. Like, <laughs> like Caribbean vagabond. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Also, also known as a um, houseless um, human. I like it. Jake, Dimitri, it's been amazing. Yes. Right? Yes. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. So, if our listeners didn't walk away with the fact that. We all have new rules being as patrons in restaurants. Stop being an asshole. Know that they're all working very, very hard under very difficult conditions that are ever-changing and are always trying to do the best that they can. Um, they they love you as a guest and want to keep you. So don't be an asshole. It's great advice. Mm. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.